Here we are. We're on episode six, season finale of the Beautiful Mind Game podcast with myself, Hams, and uh, Millie from the Mad Mentor series as well. So thank you everyone very much for listening to our series um, over the last couple of episodes. It's been fantastic to record these. And Millie had the idea of actually reviewing what we've actually learned over the past five episodes. And she's also come up with an idea of actually hopefully recording more episodes in the future. So hopefully we'll get a season two and a three and a four. What'd you say, Millie? Do you reckon we'd be down for that? Yeah, of course. Uh, welcome to the final episode, everyone. Um, of course, I want to record more things. We've got loads to say, haven't we? We've I just think been we've done... saying it for ages. We could go on to a whole topic of certain things here, there and everywhere. And yeah, that's kind of it, really. We've covered like loads already, like a massive chunk of things. But there's so much more to uncover. I'm mm-hmm. excited for it, really. I'm excited for season two already. <laughs> You just carry on with seasons after seasons. Make make it like 13 episode seasons like they're doing TV shows and stuff. That'd be brilliant. To be fair, we could just talk all that time, like about anything as well. We, we really could. could. just talk about anything. <laughs> Juices. It's, there's so much we can talk about, so much we can dogs. discuss. Oh, pets, my phobias of like dogs and stuff like we mentioned before. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of what this episode is really about, about what we've kind of learned from one another, what we've kind of learned from discovering um, the last five topics that we've been um, talking about and realistically where we want to move on from what we've learned so far. So where we were before recording this podcast and kind of where we are now. Um, yeah, Millie, I'm going to start with you. What have yeah. you kind of learned from your conversation about nutrition? Because again, being a, an athlete, being someone who works in the gym, what have you learned that's something different that you never learned about beforehand um, well, from our topic on nutrition? throwing curveballs at me aren't you so nutrition was I think it was week four if Mm. I'm not mistaken um it was a really good week that we spoke about loads of things Mm. I think the main thing for me what we spoke about was like your different eating habits for how it makes you feel as a person yeah um so for example like I said I'm vegetarian and I am vegetarian because it helps with my football And I made that switch to kind of enhance my performance and it did really help. And that worked for me, but someone else, something else works differently for someone else. Like, for example, I know a lot of people that are on intermittent fasting and they love it and Mm. it works for them probably because they do it right and they do it properly, but it works for them. And I think that, I don't know, I think you shouldn't push your eating style onto someone else you kind of have to take them, guide them towards it, and they can figure it out for themselves, if that makes sense. That perfectly makes sense. And um, I, I would say you kind of done the same with me in a way. Um, so just like I mentioned before recording as well, Millie, the fact that you're talking to me about having more vegetarian foods and not exclusively vegetarian, but still eating more vegetarian foods than uh, foods with like meat in them. I, yeah. I tried that recently as well. So I've, I've been learning more about how to not really cook them, but how to prepare it and how to how long you can eat, really have it for. Like, you know, the sell-by dates of, of vegetables and stuff like that, different things, which has been really yeah. good for me to learn about. So one thing I learned from nutrition and from yourself as well was the fact that you, you mentioned a percentage of how important diet is over exercise. And that's something that I've been learning over the last couple of um, weeks, really, from when you had that conversation as well. And that's somewhat benefited me recently. I mean, unfortunately uh this past weekend when i went out i went to my uh cousin well, i went to my old family home in london which is cool uh spent some time with my cousins and we had like four 
We had four big meals in 24 hours, which was probably the worst thing I've ever done, but probably one of the funniest things I've ever done, which is funny. So we ate at like, we ate at 3 a.m., we ate at uh, 1 p.m., we ate at 6 p.m., and we ate at 9 p.m. as well. So it's Why did you do that? Just out Why? of curiosity. Why? We didn't need to do that. It was just, it, it was for the vibes, Millie. That's how it was. We were just there, like, oh, we were just, like, turning up. Like, I was coming back from university, so Manchester to London is, like, a long journey anyway. I yeah. was exhausted. I was like, you know what, let me get something to eat. So I ate at, like, 9 p.m. the previous day, but then I was still hungry for seconds, so I had it at, like, 2, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. before What did up. you have, just out of curiosity again? So, yeah, I had the... Um, in, in London, if you're ever in, in North London, where I'm from, they have a big uh, Turkish and Greek cuisine they're so good so that's something i've grown up with so i had turkish um foods so like turkish rice turkish uh, meats as well the yogurts and and the side dishes were fantastic as well yeah yeah. I, I remember I had... sorry just to interrupt my family used to live in north london i remember like there were so many turkish and greek cuisines where do you used like, to live in north london um close to neighborhood green seriously yeah 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 nah, that's that's crazy not and, me my family my, no but my still family. that's still that's still crazy because i went to um harringay which is near wood green for dessert so i i'm from enfield which is in north right. London as well. so that's palmer's like, green let's be specific palmer's, palmer's green, green is like 10 minutes from enfield so there we go <laughs> literally local around the corner <laughs> well. there's somewhere else there's always something else that just links us together which is quite funny in that way <laughs> Um, first it was just the fact that we're both of Gujarati heritage now we're both we've both got family from North London crazy and the we fact both that we both play football in the same place almost yeah pretty much. and some days I wear black hoodies just like you as well but it's in the wash unfortunately oh. is, yeah I, I, I wore brought it, it out for the last for the last episode I, I didn't iron it so I didn't want to come on with a crease oh. crease hoodie <laughs> that's um, smart though yeah it's true needs to be done but no literally I had that then had um, French toast uh the next morning or afternoon i should say at 12 p.m which is fun then i had um i had like a shrimp and like chimps uh sh- shrimp tastic box which is like shrimp vegetables and chips all in one which is quite cool i had that in specific markets and then i had like the worst chinese food i've ever had in my life it's so spicy so spicy right. i was dying i was wheezing i was there like for the like, next two i i like spicy food i like hot food mini but i was dying and I'm just there, like, even now, my lips are just dry from, like, all the oil and the spice. And, like, my, my cousins are just taking the mick out of me. They're just there, like, yeah, you're just gonna, you're just gonna ruin your stomach and your ulcers. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not gonna eat it. So I took it back home and I added some yogurt to it. And it was still so spicy as well. And I'm just like, nah, this is awful. And I, I'm feel, like, why I feel that spicy food. Mm. They were like, why did you get something that's spicy? And I'm like, it, normally I get spicy and it's, and it's fine, but I went spicy and it was like, fiery spicy and it's awful but literally ever since that day which was a couple days ago i've been feeling great because all i've been eating since i've been having that is like vegetarian food which has been great for me as well and vegetarian food you don't always have to add the spices on which is fine but ever since then i don't know what it is i've just been running faster i've been running quicker i've been like football i've been playing a lot better and i've been recovering better as well so after Mm -hmm. that that crazy story of me going on a a food bender in in london just been eating normally for the last couple of days and it's just been great because I've got the energy and I've got a lot more um yeah just got a lot more energy and a, a bit more of a bounce about me as well not feeling as lethargic as when you're kind of eating meat so thank you very much for sharing that with me about the percentages of how in, how a diet impacts your 
uh, your weight, your routine, that type of thing. And yeah. also kind of eating more vegetarian food. That's one thing I've learned from diet and nutrition. Nice. Yeah, I think it Yeah, definitely impacts like your weight and everything. It impacts your performance, but it also impacts you mentally as well. Mm. Because food is our fuel physically and also mentally. Like, yeah. for example, when I eat healthily, I can really feel the change. I'm so much more positive. I'm so much more awake just from natural foods. Yeah. But when I, I can feel 100%, when I have a bad day of eating, I can feel it the next day. I can really feel it now. I feel lethargic. And whatever it is, whether it's you're competing for football, for a sport, or whether it's in your work life, whatever it is, meeting the targets in your work life, you can really feel the effects of what you eat, basically, because it shows on the outside. When you intake something on the inside, it shows on the outside. I, I would agree 100%. One tip I learned from uh, my cousins, so two of them are going uh, to the gym a lot and they've lost a lot of weight and have gained a lot of muscle, which is great. They just told they just told me, and I thought I'd share it with everyone listening, is even if you're hungry and you've, you come back from an exercise, just buy like an extra packet of granola or muesli mm-hmm. instead of like snacking on chocolates and crisps and snacks and yeah. all of that. Because when you're eating healthily and you're just adding like granola with a bit of yogurt, a bit of honey, as, as a snack even not even as like a main meal yeah. it keeps you going and just like you mentioned as well when you're eating positive foods and whole grain foods and and proper food proper foods really you then feel better after an exercise you don't feel lethargic you don't feel you just have to replenish your body with any with any type of supplement so that's yeah. one of the top tips i would say has really helped me realistically for i agree can i just add something really quickly just mm. on that when you're eating healthy like you said you should be eating more anyway like when you said even if it's just as a snack you should be having that snack anyway because if you're performing at a high level whether that be in your work or whether that be physically in football Mm. you should be having you're burning energy so you should be putting that back also like not only cutting down the bad stuff you've got to eat more as well do you know what I mean? I think a lot of people, especially women, think that, oh, I need to cut out this. I need to cut all my calories down. No, you don't. You need to eat more of the right things. Yeah. I think that's massive because when you start working properly, like physically in the gym, in football and everything, you're burning a lot more. You need to sustain that and eat the right amount, which is more of the right stuff. Exactly. 100%. And that's how you described it previously, that uh, food is our fuel. So when you're looking at um, the analogy of like a car tank, when you're out of fuel after exercising for an hour, you, th- you then just don't have less calories because it will just go up to there. You need to eat more calories to get back up to full strength. But yeah. just like you said as well, when you're eating the right things, when you're eating whole foods, uh, you've got the natural sugars in there, you've got the natural fiber in there as well, which helps you just build back your, your muscle max and build, build your energy back again as well, which is fantastic yeah, there as well. Definitely. All the natural foods, they're the best things. Like They're like literally like, superpowers of what's it called superfoods yeah of fruits if that makes sense <laughs> no that's true one more thing before we move on to the next topic um if you could name one food that you could tell our listeners to to try and eat try something different what would it be and why any oh. food try something different yeah so like it may not be like a normal thing for people to have or it could be like a new recipe or a new meal even anything like that um let me have a think I would say for me one of my secret superfoods is broccoli 
Ooh. Yeah, it's yeah, that's why I had to think about it because I'm not a lot of people like broccoli. However, now I know I've... why our logo is green and dark green. <laughs> now you know, honestly, whoever knows me knows that broccoli, I eat it all the time. I love it. Mm. Even when I was a kid, I used to eat it all the time. But I think it's something that's it's really healthy for you. It is actually classed as a superfood. Yeah. It's very, very healthy for you. But it's also a carb as well. So okay. it gives me that extra energy. So I usually have it with pasta. So I've got my carbs, my usual carbs with pasta. And then I have broccoli as well because it fills me that much more as well. And I just yeah. think it's something that I have all the time but I know a lot of people don't like it is there anything you can think of mine's you know what it is it's, it's more chickpeas like recently when I went to my mum's house um she she just gave some food for us and she makes this really I don't know what you call it it's like chana or something which is really nice mm-hmm. uh like a chickpea and potato a couple of spices here and there you just kind of have it you can have it with bread you can have it with like naan bread if you're um feeling ethnic in that way um, but you can have it with like, even just like a spoon or a fork. But I was having that. And I'm just there like, it, it reminds me of home food, first of all, which is great. Like, I yes. always appreciate having my mother's food, which is fantastic. But I'm just there like, it's so light. Like, I had like a proper bowl and it was like so light when I was eating. I was like, it's really good. And then I was like to my mum, mum, I need this recipe. And she's like, yeah, when, when you come down next, I'll show you how to make it. I'm like, that's fantastic. And then I'm just there looking in my cupboard. And what do I find? Chickpeas unopened for like the yeah. last two three months since i bought it and i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna make a chickpea recipe but now i actually have the motivation to make a recipe with chickpeas because yeah it's just something that when you kind of rediscover a food after a while you're just saying like, oh yeah remember this is, this is pretty good like, you yeah, know you yeah. don't have you don't have some things for a while and it's just one of those things you like to appreciate when you're back into it so again yeah. not to throw the the veganness into everyone's face but chickpeas is a very nice substitute for meat if you ever need to have something lighter but also like as a snack as well which is brilliant yeah yeah you can put them in every, anything as well there's mm. lot i know there's loads of recipes you can like mix them into pretty much anything i think even porridge i think chickpeas and porridge don't quote me i think i'll have a look later <laughs> we'll, we'll google it that's an odd one chickpeas and porridge but no that's all good but you have just, just quickly, you have just put something into my mind. If there is something I can tell to everyone that they need to try, it is kind of like the, I don't know the name for them, maybe you do. You know, like butternut squash, pumpkin, sweet potato, yeah. those kind of category of food. I think they're massive. I think they're so good because they're so like substantial as well. And they've got so much like magnesium, potassium, everything. I used to eat low, like I used to buy a butternut squash and just eat it just for the magnesium and potassium to make me recover better. I'd I have that, that in soup. I have that yeah, in soup. Soups, butternut, butternut and sweet potato soup is the one that I have because it's so good. Yeah, it's so healthy as well, honestly. Add a yeah. bit of broccoli, so healthy. <laughs> Mine just like adding a bit of pepper, a bit of spice onto that as well. But yeah, I can handle a little bit of spice. But no, I can handle a lot of spice, just not extreme spice. I feel like someone literally... They must have put like ghost peppers in that that Chinese food that I had on the weekend. No, I feel I can't handle spice really. Even my grandma can't. She doesn't make it too spicy mm. most of the time. Most of the time <laughs> at weddings um, and that, it's a different story. Yeah, it's true. Got to feed the masses of the spice, literally. Um, <laughs> but no, that's us on nutrition and dieting. Millie, you can choose the next topic to talk about from what we were um, previously talking about as well. Okay. Um, so. 
I'm going to turn this over to you and tell us a little bit about confidence and self-doubt. Confidence and self-doubt. So that's something that we spoke about really at the very beginning, I believe, as well. So confidence was one and self-doubt, I think, was episode two, which was great. And yeah. putting them both into one bracket in a way, it was one of those things that I I learned a lot more from what you were telling me as well. You you mentioned a lot of quotes about how confidence is... Um, you mentioned how confidence can't be defined in a certain way as well. And that's really stuck out to me as well. It really can't be defined because confidence can be defined in so many ways, but it can't be singularly defined in that way for so many people as well. You can define yeah. it in like, it's like we were talking about before. You can define it in how well you do something or you could be defining it on how well you can't do something, but it doesn't mean that you're any more confident or any less confident. We use the analogy of um, a teacher installing confidence into what 30 class students but she hasn't got confidence herself it shows that you can define confidence to um to some extent but you can't own confidence in a way as well but self-doubt was something that I really like to talk about as well something that really resonated with me in terms of when you go through self-doubt when you start doubting yourself and you still go through these kind of motions I've kind of realized that at the end of the day in a way again to be a cliche really it's the fact that we all want to do the best that we're doing at whatever we're doing, which is perfectly fine. And I'm just there like with self-doubt. There's so much that you can doubt yourself on. There's so much you can doubt other people on. You can always put your doubts onto other people. People can put their doubts onto you. But at the end of the day, it all starts with the communication. It all starts with the communication of self-doubt. And that's something that we spoke about. And that's something that ever since we spoke about it, I've realized that it's people's perception of things, that they can doubt you in a certain way. They can say something, but that doesn't have to mean you then take it upon yourself and you take mm -hmm. it onto your own self-doubt as well. That's, those are the main things I kind of learned on it. But I'm just there kind of thinking, one of my top tips for people listening um, regarding the self-doubt especially is write down what you're good at. We said this before, but write down what you're good at. Remember what you're good at. And if people want to still doubt you, then even look back at your track record of doing something and, and show them that, yeah, you can doubt me, but I'm pretty good at doing these things. Maybe it's their doubt of um, their own selves and they're, they're projecting that onto you. Because I remember sharing a video with you afterwards, after that episode, Millie, about um, Jim Carrey and how he's talking to like university students about his dad. His mm -hmm. dad losing a job in something that he didn't want to do. So he was like, you may as well fail at what you do want to do than failing at what you don't want to do. And that's something that resonated with me in terms of working in a job I didn't want to do compared to now when I'm working in a job and studying um, in a profession that I do want to be in. So it worked really well for me, that episode. It was really interesting to answer those questions as well for episode two, more than episode one, the way. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I remember all of that. Um, and I think it's really good that we have to understand that ourselves as well. Like we, as first, have to understand it ourselves. Um, quick question. Can you remember what confidence, where it comes from? Do you remember Fidence. me throwing that in week one? Fidence was Latin, wasn't it? It was a Latin term. Yeah, it was, mm. it was. And you know what? I was thinking, I remember thinking that a few weeks ago, con in Latin means with, or it means it in Italian and French. So it's, it's probably like with trust, Yeah, isn't it? it? It only adds up to be like that as well. Yeah. So when you're confident with something, it's with trust. You put your trust in something. So if you lack in confidence, you don't really trust yourself, do you? Not at all. Yeah. And I think that it's it's important to understand that everybody 
lacks in confidence or will lack in confidence at some point in their life. Even if they don't think it, even if they don't realise it, they will do. And I think they kind of go hand in hand, the lacking in confidence and the self-doubt. They do go hand in hand together. They are different things in a sense, but they do intertwine as one. I think that a big thing I learned from confidence is just how to kind of combat that lack of confidence is by building up your habits. So having some habits every day, small daily habits, and you talk about this loads and I love it. I love it because honestly, you help me a lot with it as well. Having those small habits day to day build up to become something bigger. And, I, and I've listened to so many podcasts and I've read so many books and just being in around that sporting area, I know about, I don't know if you know this, about marginal gains. Yeah, the 1% increase, literally. One, exactly, there we go, yeah, 100%. Mm. So for anyone listening, the 1% rule, the 1% increase comes from these marginal gains theory. And the guy that did it, I listened to his podcast, and he's called Dave, Sir Dave Brailsford. And he came up with this theory that if you try and make areas of your life better by 1%, having those small marginal gains each day, it'll lead to these massive results, these monumental performance increases. And I think that's something that when this happens, your confidence naturally grows. Do you know what I mean? I definitely agree with that. And that's something that you said that, well, first of all, I'm really glad that I get, I got to help you with that in terms of your marginal game. So nicely done. And like like I said previously on episode one, I think it was when you when you talked about journaling, that was a big help for me in terms of marginal gains as well. Yeah. Making sure everything was a bit more in order on a daily basis for me, making sure I'm going to the right places at the right times, doing what I need to do in my home life, in my family life, work life, university life. That was a big thing for me as well. So thank you very much um, to you once again, Millie. But literally the 1% thing is something that works really well in, in sport. I remember um, having an interview with someone who used to work with Eddie Howe. His name's Jason Blake. He's now in Canada as a coach in Canada. Uh, but he's talking to me when he's working with Eddie Howe in uh, Burnley. He's talking about how Eddie Howe would always ask about the 1% difference is what you could do to improve a player just by 1%, by 1%, yeah. by 1%. And it's even the little things, like even with... Um, even taking me for an example of going into university in my second semester, like we started the, the podcast with literally just going into university libraries on my days off, learning a bit more, reading a bit more, 1% extra, 1% extra, uh, going into football by running a bit more, exercising differently, looking at different workouts. Again, the 1%, the 1%, the 1%. Um, even, even you would say something like around those lines as well, I think, Millie. And I'll let you share, if you want to share about your 1% in in like your work life and your your football life as well if that's no I think I think they're great examples and I was just thinking as well like yeah in anything anything at all it could be going to sleep that 15 minutes earlier or not being on your phone before you go to sleep that's Mm. a big one for me because I know when I'm on my phone before I sleep it takes me longer to get to sleep and then I lose some sleep or having that make sure you have that eight hours sleep literally (laughs) with like the 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 lights in your eyes for like 15 minutes like oh this is literally Honestly, but when I don't do it, I feel so much better because I do sleep better. Yeah. Or it could be like having porridge in the morning instead of being lazy and just getting some granola or something like that. Mm. Actually, like making my porridge properly. It could be like getting my kit ready for training 
pre- like before I actually need to get it ready. Do you know what I mean? Just little things to prepare yourself. One big one big tip was was something that we, I don't think I mentioned it, but literally just everything you can do the night before before the next morning, just prepare it then and then make yeah. things a lot easier. And again, it, it, it kind of built with me in confidence because I, I realized that once we did the episode that one time I was late to university by like 15 minutes. There's a car crash on the motorway, so it wasn't my fault. But yeah. I still had to, um, hopefully my lectures don't listen to this, but I still had to prepare what I was wearing that day. I still had to prepare my breakfast. I still had to, um, what did I have to do? Get my, my practical equipment ready and stuff like that. So I still had to do that all on the morning. But then the next week when I went in, um, the, same, the same week, I got there like five minutes early, which is great because I had done everything the night before, the night before, the night before. Don't have to pack my lunch. Don't have to get my clothes out. Don't have to do this. Don't have to do that. Get mm-hmm. up, um, freshen up, eat breakfast, and I'm good to go. And it's literally just one of those things that I felt a lot better going into university, not having that guilt of turning up five, 10, 15 minutes later. And yeah. I still contribute to the lecture, get everything done. And I don't have that feeling at the back of the, my, my mind, oh, I missed something for 15 minutes. I have to ask someone. And it's, just, it's a rolling effect for your day as well. Because then you're yeah. just there feeling good about yourself. You're feeling good about how you're going about your day. And it just shows that there's a lot more, um, or a lot less for you to doubt in, in terms of that. And that's literally it. When you've got a, a better punctuality because of how you prepare the night before or the day before, it makes things a lot easier. Definitely. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a value that has been with me throughout like my football life, my professional life as well. I know a lot of the teams that I've played for, they've all kind of enforced this kind of preparedness you have to be prepared for what you're doing. You have to be prepared for everything. Prepared to fail, prepared to succeed, prepared to play, everything. Because if you're not prepared, then you you don't have that chance, kind of. The person who's prepared is the person that's going to have that extra chance to win. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's like, we spoke about it in the first episode on the confidence and one of my key points was be prepared, I think. Um, yeah, I think and, it's and massive. It linked, yeah, it linked into what you were saying about when you went to Italy as well, about even preparing to learn a bit of Italian as well over the season when you were there as well. And it helps you literally exactly. just develop your relationships further as well. So that was, again, exactly. down to preparation, which really helped you. And like you said, you, after, you made a couple just, of good friends after that as well. Exactly. But I'm going to pull you up there. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't prepare going to Italy. I didn't learn any Italian. No, that's what I'm. That's literally what I'm saying. Is the fact that you prepared when you were there, as opposed to on the episode you said if you went before, you would have prepared better because you you weren't in that mind state. Your your mindset at the time wasn't like that, like you are now. Yeah, Um, and I think it really showed that the difference from not preparing, not not learning any Italian. Mm. When I got there, I didn't even know what hello was. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I didn't know hello and bye were the same thing. Crazy. <laughs> and then after that, I thought, you know what? I'm going to prepare myself. I'm going to learn a bit. And I learned it and my confidence just flew. Honestly, mm. it just flew. But yeah, I think it takes time as well. It takes time to build it. You've got to work at it. It's something, it's a skill. Confidence is a skill you've got to work at. But if you do the little things every day, the 1% rule, prepare, um, be aware of it, be aware of what you're not confident in, what you have self-doubt in, and then take action on it and be consistent with the action. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's the stepping stones to get better at this skill. 
of confidence. Yeah. And subconsciously, you end up trusting yourself a bit better day by day by day. Definitely. Yeah. And that rounds off our self-doubt and our confidence chat as well. So nice. Well. Really well done there. And then what have we got next, Millie? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grill you on gratitude because we've got gratitude and we've got fear left to talk about. So gratitude, Millie, what have you realistically learned since our, since our episode then? And what have you kind of developed in terms of like self-gratitude and just being grateful, really? Um, I think for me, it's a big one not to be worried about what other people think in terms of like, I know that there's a big stigma around gratitude and being grateful for things and it's kind of like I don't know how to put it in a sense but I think that when you're comfortable in yourself and it stems from self-confidence self-doubt when you're comfortable and you're confident in yourself you have that confidence then to be like yeah you know what this is how I really feel about it and I am really grateful for this yeah and I think that when you are you have that feeling of being grateful for something and it's it's shown in loads of studies it's actually like scientifically proven that when you have that proper feeling and you're not scared or you're not like oh like it just it's it doesn't it doesn't mean anything do you know what I mean you've got to understand that it does mean something the feeling of gratitude it changes things in the brain that make you more positive like just by feeling something your feelings like change your brain your first instinct feelings as well change straight exactly yeah Yeah. and it changes something in the brain to make you more kind of open-minded more positive and instantly i feel it as well it gives you that instant positive feeling yeah you know what i mean definitely no i know exactly what you mean and that's something that again we were talking about in terms of how even the little things like we mentioned the small wins on that podcast as well about appreciating the small wins in your day in your week in your month appreciating mm-hmm. the small wins in your family and your friendship groups as well and it's, it's just really reciprocating that as well in terms of yeah. how some people are going through difficult times you don't know if they're going through difficult times but if they're doing something good and something's gone well for them appreciate it show, show yeah. the love and affection to them as well because it's great and not being scared to do it either really not being scared because again we mentioned before about how people think it's submissive to be grateful and I can I can't stand that at all I really can't stand that because I'm just there like okay like again to go a bit deep on this podcast like you never know what's going to happen tomorrow you never know what's going to happen with anyone tomorrow it's not promised to you it's not given tomorrow so if you want your last action on earth to be something grateful or submissive to someone it's better than being neglectful in a way that's that's Mm -hmm. that's the way I've learned it and it's, it's one of those things that whenever you see someone who you don't like, especially like I mentioned before about when you move out and you don't see your family and friends as much, when you see people you haven't seen for a while, it's always great to see them. You appreciate them being a bit more present, which is great. But the main thing is you're being grateful for their time. When you're grateful yeah. for someone's time, they're giving up their time, their weekend, their day, their, their evening to spend time with you. That's yeah. a really big thing. They're spending money yeah. to spend time with you, traveling to a certain place or paying for dinner or anything like that. Even yeah. little things like paying for a coffee, li- literally little things like that. That's when you're really looking at it thinking as, a, as an adult compared to like when you're a kid and you can just go home and use your parents' money. When you're, when you're looking at people working and in this environment where everything's going up in prices, like electricity bills, other bills, council taxes, all of that's going up. It's just really beneficial to appreciate someone's time and their efforts. And that's something that I'm very passionate about. And that's something that I'll 
from now on probably never stop being passionate about because you can always mm-hmm. learn things but that's something that's going to kind of stick with me in terms of when you look when you're on the other side of the coin as well you want to learn a bit more about how people actually give out their heart and their soul and their love for you in a certain way which is, which is fantastic yeah no I completely agree I think that's great honestly I think that's really great and mm. you know what I was just thinking then when you were speaking you kind of just changed like you've just helped me to change my mind in this moment as well I okay. think that another thing is being present with it you've got to be present with everything you do and mm-hmm. realize like where you are for example like today I I have work later but I have an hour or so before training and in that hour I was thinking of going to do some recovery at the gym yeah but I have that hour to go and see my grandma instead do you know what I mean so it's that 100%. choice and I'm, think, I'm thinking I've got all these things to do I need to do this 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 plan my day but sometimes I just need to stop and think, look, I don't need to do all those things. Like, mm. I need to go and spend time with people who actually matter. Do you know what I mean? And I think coming back to that present moment and thinking, yeah, look, I'm really grateful for these people around me. I've got to be more present and understand this is actually what I want to do. It doesn't matter about all this work I've got going on. Yeah, get the work done, do it but it's not your whole life. It's not really your whole life what matters. You have got another side that yep. you need to be present and understand. Do you know what I mean? I just think that's a... That's your per- really your pers- yeah, your personal side is way more important than your, your business side, your work side, your commercial side, as it were. But again, just to finish off on, on that as well, for me, that's really worked well in terms of, again, for the listener listening, when million over the course of doing this podcast, Millie and I have both been guilty of falling in that trap I think it's fair to say for both of us that the fact that um you'd message me one time oh have you got the the zoom link for the recording but I'm like oh yeah I forgot to send it um one of those things oh what we're talking about this week what's our topics for this week oh yeah I forgot to mention that because we're just all busy in our lives but then even for you it'd be the same again fair to say that oh yeah I'm busy I forgot we've got an episode in a couple of days or we can do it at a different time or stuff like that as well and it just shows that literally when, when you're putting things in order and in, in perspective of things, it just shows that there's so much that we, unfortunately, in this day and age, succumb to in terms of like the, the, the demands of the day-to-day life, the demands of working and, and studying the way that it is. But yeah, there's a, a lot we miss out on as well. Mm. There's a lot you need to slow down on and, and appreciate the timings of where we're at and what we're doing. Definitely. I think people are better at that after lockdown I think that happened a lot during lockdown and I think people are better at it but now everything's picking up again I can feel it I can feel it with myself as well thinking I've got to do this 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 but really like slow down and remember actually what's important and actually what's going to add real value to your life money obviously is important but it's not everything in the world the beautiful mind game podcast is everything in the world and that's why you're listening to it becoming everything <laughs> literally we're going to be covering a lot going forward as well but no, that was really well put as well Millie. that was that was fun to talk about like we said we don't we don't um pull punches when we're talking about things like that you have to talk about it honestly and and truthfully as well which is what which is yeah, what we're yeah. doing um what okay. have we got left we've got fear haven't we yeah so i'll do this one and my turn to spin it around Okay. Tell us again, remind us about your fears. 
what my fears of dogs and middle lane drivers <laughs> and the motorways. Oh man, I hate I hate middle drivers and the motorway with a passion. Driving on the four lane motorway and someone's you in the third lane. I was in the middle lane last night and I thought of you. I was driving there along in the middle lane and I thought, you know what, Hans is going to kill me. <laughs> Better move over. <laughs> nah, it's just one of those things. Like, I, I get it. Like, I get it if you're in the middle lane and there's like a truck on the left lane so you can't go behind them. That's fine. But it's like one of those when it's like clear lanes because you're just yeah, taking up everyone's lanes on the back. So that that's one of those things for me. And again, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm just there like, no, it can't be the one. It can't be the one. And especially when you're driving from like Manchester to London like I did on the weekend I'm just there like so many of these lanes are four lanes and people are in the third lane and or the second lane like move over makes no sense and it's really it's really worrying as well how um that just plays on my mind but I think you know and I think a lot of people kind of know by now because we do a lot of motorway driving that's why I see it like on the daily weekly basis as well yeah yeah no I know what you mean I know what you mean I just know if someone's angry behind me could be you <laughs> nah, if, it, if it's me i'll just like be beeping the horn and like flashing light <laughs> it'll be like that's me road one rage and everything one of those ones whilst listening to the beautiful mind game podcast at the same time <laughs> of course definitely definitely um but no in terms of fear what we what did we talk about we talked about um realistically fearing other people again kind of with self-doubt we kind of linked it with that as well which we did but for me personally it's more about how we were overcoming fear that I really enjoyed the conversation with because I use that term from the film fear is a mind killer and it really is a mind killer because it can kill your dreams it can kill your hopes aspirations thoughts that you have concepts that you have and the fact that we were talking about before about how there's so many people out there who we weren't talking about before on the podcast I think we were talking about it on, on our chat or something about how there's so many people that are out there that we can talk to and we can discuss about and we can learn from in different mm-hmm. areas of sport in, in, in general is fantastic. And in different areas of mental health as well, which is also fantastic. They all will have a story to tell. People listening will always be curious about how they can relate it to what we're talking about as well. And it all kind of comes down to fear. People are fearsome of, of some things. People have been fearsome of some things, but they've overcome their fears at the same time. And that's something that you and I can relate to as well. And that's something that we've spoke about previously as well. Um, but my fear of uncooked food, my fear of middle lane drivers and my fear of dogs will always be there. So sorry, but not sorry about that. I mean, that's fine. You're, you're <laughs> entitled to, to your own little fears. That's true. <laughs> Everyone has them. You know about mine with spiders anyway. And mm. I think heights as well. We spoke about that. I overcame them. I think though that, yeah, I completely agree with you. There's a lot of people we can learn from. Um, and I think a massive step, again, is coming back to the individual. So you've got to kind of do it for yourself. You've got to kind of recognise your fears. Like you've got to recognise what you're not sort what you're lacking in confidence in. Or you've got to understand where your self-doubt stems from. You've got to also understand what your fears are they kind of all linked together so it's great really like we can kind of just crush them all together yeah and I think it's massive to kind of practice these fears you've got to kind of understand what your so for example let me put it in football terms what your strengths and weaknesses are on the pitch and you've got to kind of practice those weaknesses so say like on pitch is your life 
you've got to kind of figure out your strengths and weaknesses in your life and practice those weaknesses and that way you're going to combat your fears as well and I think that fears kind of stem from being uncomfortable in things and we spoke a lot about this and I'm massive on this that when you're uncomfortable it feels horrible when you're in a situation that you're uncomfortable in you're in a new place or you've moved to a new house or you've moved jobs or you're in an interview you feel really like uncomfortable and weird but it's in those times when you feel like that where growth happens where kind of I don't want to be too like (laughs) cliche and strange but kind of like the kind of magic happens I don't know if you have another word for magic help me out but you understand what I mean right more like the um what's the the spontaneity in a way being spontaneous because you're just there like in a brand new environment brand new people you you can't go on what you've done previously because you're in a new environment so you're being a bit yeah. more spontaneous in the way as well so yeah magic what? is a good term of putting it because you're just there like that's where the that's where your character comes from as well that's how exactly. you develop your character going forward as well exactly it's ca- yeah it's where your character comes from because when you're in those places you feel bad like you feel scared and you feel very uncomfortable but that's where you've got to kind of build on your strengths you've got to kind of pull through yourself and that you've got to like consistently pull through yeah um and that's where you can probably achieve what you want if you can get yourself through those things by seeing them as like challenges and you can pull yourself through the uncomfortable times that's where you're going to grow that's where you're going to improve enhance your performance increase in whatever it is could literally be anything but you've kind of always got to be uncomfortable to grow in life and to change as well because like we said change is inevitable like everything is always going to change and change is good in Mm. a sense it's always going to be good to kind of build on to kind of grow yeah because as you were saying that Millie um I don't think you'll mind but one of my family members is basically going through a kind of a situation at the moment so he called me last week um and it kind of reminded me of the podcast but you've reminded me properly about what's actually happened with the analogy that you use the scenario that you use as well so he's been working in a job for the last 25 years that is his work hat he hasn't particularly liked it in the last couple of years because of the changes to the company and he was talking to me about how he was feeling scared of a change because he wanted to change go somewhere different someone's offered him more money it's great happy for him but his initial thought was, oh, I'm scared of a change. I'm scared of a new environment. And I'm just there like, we talked about this on the podcast. So I'm like, yeah. I kind of know what to talk about. So yeah, I was just yeah. talking to him about if you don't change and you're in the same situation, it's not going to benefit you because you're not going to be earning more money. You're not going to be seeing how well you can develop as yourself. And then I was a bit blunt with him. I was like, to be fair, you could have probably left this job 15 years ago with the experience and the quality that you deliver on it. And yeah. at the end of the day, you're not your job. At the end of the day, you're not your job. You're not your career in a way. Some people are, some people aren't. But when you when you strip it all back, it's one of those about who you are as a person. And if yeah. you're a nice guy at work for the last 15, 25 years, but you're still being treated like crap and it's not benefiting you mentally, is it really worth it? Mm-hmm. If someone's offering you more money to work somewhere else, closer to home as well, better perks and uh, benefits working forward as well? It would be. It would be. And it was something that I got to have a proper proper honest chat with him again with an older relative so it's kind of it was kind of nice that he came to me for advice but it's also one of those things that I could be a bit more frank with him 
because I'm not yeah. a child anymore. I'm just there like to him. I'm like, yeah, this is this is what you can do. This is what's worked for me. Like what live, living in a different environment has worked for me as well. You learn so much about yourself, but working in a different environment is something that you have to try. If you if you do the same thing for the rest of your life, it's not going to benefit you. You're going to try a different sector, a new environment, and you're still fearful of it. It's good because it will take some time. You'll get used to it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. You can always go back to somewhere else, which is similar to where you were. But if you do like it, it's a, it's a big credit to yourself for trying something yeah. different. You know what, as well? I think that if you go there and you don't like it, you will still be a better person for it. You will have had some experience in some way, whatever it is, whatever it is, mm. you will have had some experience and you'll think, yeah, you know what? I know how to do things differently next time. Or I know I don't like that. So I'm going to try this instead. You're going to be better off for it, for actually trying. 100%. And it's that you've got to kind of put yourself into it and try it and just face it. Like, I know it sounds, it's easy for me to say, but that's what you have to do. You just kind of have to throw yourself into it and say, you know what? I'm going to go for that interview just because I'm going to prepare for it and I'm going to go for it. And if you don't get it, so what? Like you take something from it, learn something from it and take something the next time. Um, and I think that, a little story of mine, it kind of ties in with yours. A relative of mine was in a similar situation. Now, she's been in her job for years. Yeah. The, the same job, different companies, but the same job. And she's coming to a time in her life where she doesn't really like the job that she's in. Mm -hmm. And we've spoke about it throughout the year. And she found it quite hard to, she didn't really know what to do. She wanted to leave, but she needed that security. Yeah. And this is an older relative as well. So maybe some people can relate to this in a sense of like a stable working environment. She didn't like it. And now finally, she's made the decision to quit that job, stop working there and find something else, go down a completely different path. And she is so much happier. She's so much more self-aware. The only reason she was staying in that job was for the money she's great at what she did as well but it was for the money and now that she's had I'm really proud of her because she's had the confidence she's had that she's took that next step whatever that step is she doesn't know she's in the unknown at the minute she's yeah. in her, she's out of her comfort zone but she's trying new things and even when you're at a time in your life where you think you're older or you're past it you're not you've still got so much more to offer there's so many more skills you have and people might think it's easy for us to say we're young, but it's the same for everyone. Just because you're of a different age, it doesn't matter. It's exactly the same for wherever you are in your life. You just need to kind of change that mindset, get out of it and start using that growth mindset. It's, it's literally like a, we've been banging on for the last six episodes, like me with my going to university in my mid-20s and you going to Italy as well, changing your environment, going out your comfort zone. Yeah. Learning from the fear that you're going through as well. But the fear yeah. becomes a comfort in a way because of what you've actually experienced and how you've actually prepared yourself and put yourself into that situation as well. So it really does relate to everyday environments and it really does relate to anyone of any age as well, which yeah, for me whoever, is fantastic. Definitely. Whoever's starting out in their career, it relates to. And whoever's in midway through their career and in the career it relates to as well it relates to everyone all you've got to do is understand it and realize it yeah and honestly like every single person has so much more to give so much 
different things out there to try and to do and it could be anything honestly there's so much more than what you actually think I agree I really agree and it's something that again both Millie and I as you can tell from talking about are really passionate about and really want to develop further and hopefully people listening to it in that kind of stage in their lives want to try something different change their routine change their mindset even by all means just go for it try something different try new tactics try new ways of moving forward that you haven't done because what what was the term that we we I don't think we spoke about it but one of the terms that I've heard about insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results if you do something yeah. over and over again you get the same results it's insanity great isn't it yeah great really yeah really is yeah. um but yeah Millie we're at the end of the podcast so we're coming up to it as well I just wanted yeah. to know two things from you that you've learned and you've benefited from from our conversations over the last five, even six episodes, including this one? Uh, you know what? I've had a great time. Honestly, speaking about it all has been great. And I think speaking with yourself, it's given me such a different point of view mm-hmm. as well. And I think we've really learned a lot from each other. And I think a lot of people can take quite a few things from it. Definitely. I think that in terms of myself, I'm going to take it away because I think we spoke a lot about our content today. And I want to take it away in terms of myself. It's really helped me develop kind of the skills to speak out properly about things. I think that I mentioned it before. I'm not very good at speaking in front of groups. And And now you're exceptional. I wouldn't call it exceptional. Yeah, you you could be. You could be. By episode six, we could be having like sponsorship talks and whatnot. You never know how it could go. (laughs) I'm on the way. I'm on the path. But I think that honestly it's really helped me to kind of speak about I think they're quite difficult topics as well yeah really are yeah it's difficult to open up and I think that from my point of view like being quite like vulnerable for myself I think having that confidence to speak about these things and knowing that there's quite a few people listening as well it's really helped me in that sense I think it's great Oh, I'm happy. I'm really happy. I'm happy that you're happy. <laughs> Maybe. No, that's that good, was that one. Is. You give me one now. One thing, learning different perspectives about topics that we've been speaking. That's my favorite thing about what I've learned, mostly from yourself, which has been uh, brilliant, but mostly from the research that you've done. You've done, like, you put me to shame, to be fair, with the research that you've done and send me, sending me the sheets of notes that you've been making. And I'm just there, like, oh, yeah, I've got a couple of quotes, a couple of things from what I've learned, which is fine. But realistically from what you've actually been telling me and the listeners well that's been a big help for me in terms of even these little things that we mentioned about fear about diet and nutrition about journaling uh, episode one as well all these little things that you've been mentioning has -hmm. become subconsciously part of my life now which has been brilliant it's been fantastic to learn and to develop that further as well and to in a way just kind of show everyone that yeah there's always new things you can learn new things you can try go for it try different things and, and build from it as well just my yeah. number one that I've learned from from you you yourself which has been brilliant so thank you very much definitely and I think that tying in as well like being new things you can always do and learn I never thought I would be doing a podcast do you know yeah. what I mean and I think you've helped me massively with it I know it ties in with what I've just said but honestly like I think it ties in massively and the fact that we can speak about things that really like everyone wants to know everyone it affects everyone is what I'm trying to say I think it's massive and I think hopefully it can be beneficial 
to quite a few people. I hope so too. I hope it's going to be one of those things that, you know, when people listen to these kind of podcasts and they don't really share it with anyone, hopefully it can be something that people can share and be like, oh, you know what? I learned a couple of things from, from this series. And, and that's, that's the main thing for me as well. Like if people are listening and like we mentioned at the beginning, if only one person took away something different, besides my fear of middle lane drivers, something positive really from our, from our conversations, that just mean the word of good to us as well. And that's yeah, really what, yeah. what I'm after in terms of people learning and listening and taking on board. And, and that's what we kind of, that's kind of what we're really doing in a way, not just helping ourselves with a conversation, but helping others um, listening through it as well, which would be brilliant. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And like I said at the beginning, hopefully there's a lot more to come, a lot more topics. Like I'm more, we're, I know that we're both already thinking of things. Do you know what I mean? There's loads to speak about. Um, and I think we've got a whole scope of things to cover i mean there's no getting rid of us now so we're literally like we've we've got like almost a blood bond like in harry potter (laughs) we'll continue just doing this for i love harry potter sorry i love love harry potter so you get that you get that film you get that film reference then yeah 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 that's That's one film reference you get so i'm really happy about that yeah we got one in the end (laughs) now which is good no that's perfectly fine um but yeah, everyone, thank you very much for listening. It's been great to be talking on in a different light than what I'm normally talking about. Because like I mentioned before, on our normal podcast, Ryan at Counter-Attack, we'll talk about mental health for like five, 10 minutes. But to talk about it for like proper hours on end, doing different research upon it, actual journals and articles, reading more about it as well, learning about it from different perspectives, from Millie's perspective, having Millie as my co-host, or I'm Millie's co-host, however we want to uh, market it as well. It's been Where fantastic. co-host. Yeah, we're literally co-hosts, which is which is a cool thing. Yeah, um, co-hosts. Literally. But yeah, I'd say that's the end of season one. Millie, I'll leave you with any closing messages you have for our listeners or for anyone, really. Yeah, just uh, thank you all for listening. Like I said, I hope if it benefits anyone at all, like that's our main aim. Whatever episode you listen to, I hope you can take something from each one and apply it to your own life. I know that we definitely have, like we've just said. Yeah. Um, and I think it's something to really consider. I think that mindset, mental health, performance mindset, it's, it's becoming bigger in the UK and worldwide, but I think it can be even more. I think it needs to, especially in certain communities, I think it needs to be spoken about a lot more or kind of the awareness needs to be there a lot more. And if, if we can do that in any way possible, I'm more than happy for that. That's the main aim for us. And Definitely. Yeah, yeah it, look out for season two. As season well. two, hopefully, will be coming sooner rather than later. Um, like I said, we're in a blood bond at the moment, more or less. So we've got loads of things planned, which is going to be great. But no, even for me as well, the main thing that we want to talk about is we want to talk about all of these things, and we want it to become common conversations that you have in in your households with family Definitely. members who don't really want to talk about things. And like Millie said, in different communities and different environments as well, because we don't want a performance mindset to just be for athletes or people in high-end no. jobs. We want it to be for everyone. We Definitely. want you to relate it to your um, to your teaching, to you being, a, being an accountant, to you working in the council, whatever it is that you're doing, to you being a student, for goodness sake, as well. Take yeah. that performance mindset, take that ability to move forward with it, learn from it, and hopefully benefit you forward as well. And if that's any consolation to anyone listening, these are just things that, Millie and I have like just picked up off the cuff as well so we didn't know what we do in that episode one and we just carried on with it we rolled with it yeah and yeah 
like I just I said, think everyone will see a massive difference from episode one to now. Yeah, listening back Hopefully. to episode one, you're just there like, oh yeah, we're just we're just like chatting for like the second time on video. Like so it's cool. podcasting. And now <laughs> literally just like we just can't get enough of just like chatting about stuff. Like we could go on for another hour of talking, but I know the <laughs> listener will be like, nah, you're, you're done. I'm like, that's fine with us. An hour is fine for both of us, which is great. But um thank you very much, Millie. Thank you very much for your time. It's been great to see you as always. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Take care and goodbye.